As I was saying, episode 209.4, your one's weekly live show for latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. He's John. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats will be read on the air so long as we can keep this boat alive. And we drink alcohol on the show. Normally we give shout outs in chat, but I think that we're 20 minutes late now. It's a little bit too far in for that. And if you like the content you see on this channel and you want to support us in what we do and maybe help us get a better internet connection, make sure to jump onto the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads and keep the party going with the awesome community that hangs out over there. Yes, sir. And there's always that super secret after show. And super secret after show every Wednesday night at 10.30 p.m. Pacific time. Yes. There are legendary games of Oregon Trail that are played during that time. Yes. So, John, what are you drinking tonight? I am actually drinking something from you. Uh, I'm going to be drinking, uh, what is what was the brewery called? Oh, yeah. Uh, Livingston? Yeah, I think it was Livingston. Yeah, Livingston Hydra. Yeah. So I don't know where my camera angles are at right now. So the the jammy sour to end all jammy sours. Yeah, blueberry pomegranate raspberry. Yeah, that thing was delicious and could literally double as a pie filling. And I'm not just talking for the taste; I'm talking for the texture and thickness, the viscosity of it. Oh wow! Oh my goodness! <laughs> it pours like a smoothie. Chunk. Yes. <laughs> Um, I learned my lesson from the last time with the pumpkin one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's almost like you bottled this one. (laughs) I'm telling you, (laughs) I am the grandfather of all jammy sours. Yeah. So, uh, John, now I feel a little bit bad because I'm going full IPA. I am going full Pliny the Elder. Oh, see, if you told me you were getting that, I could have busted one of mine. Yeah. Well, I did tell you I was going for a couple double IPAs, but I didn't yes. specify which ones. So I was going to start with a different one and then finish with this. But you know what? Given that we're already 20 minutes into the show, uh, I figured this one ah, sounded really good. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my new shed. <laughs> I christened the Hobson <laughs> <laughs> Brew Studios. <laughs> Uh, the first, but not to be the last. Yep. Oh, all right. Yeah, that is. You are correct on that pie feeling, the filling, the um, flavor. Yeah, it's like um, like a croissant or or um, uh, I forget what those are, but yeah, basically a, a pie filling of a pastry filling. Yeah. Scone, raspberry scone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of got this buttery taste on the back end mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, no, like right up front, it's pomegranate and blueberry. It, and that's yep. all you taste. Yeah, lots of pomegranate. It does taste like a lot of palm. Yep. Anyway, from Russian River Brewing, Pliny the Elder. If you don't know it, you probably don't belong here. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much a legendary IPA. Uh, I don't remember who sent these over. 
I, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Usually I will put like a little sticky note in the fridge, like who sent me which beer or which shelf belongs to who. Because in the case of like Novella Hub and John Jay, sometimes they get entire shelves to themselves. Uh, but, oh, you're kidding me. Uh, you or me? That was me. Zoom literally just crashed on me. Oh, okay. I was just like... What the crap is going on? Did anyone have an have an eye on the solar flare activity lately? <laughs> I was literally like, "Oh God, did my internet drop?" Again? I, I didn't do anything either. Uh, all I did is I'm sitting here, and the window goes black, and then it says Zoom is unexpectedly quit, and then you were on again. Yeah, that's what happened to me. I was like, oh, "Dang it! Yeah. Come on!" <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Gremlins, probably. Mice, more likely. Who knows? That's what happens when you mess with those little crawl spaces. You mess with all that bad juju gremlins in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You mess with those, uh, <laughs> the fairy's home. All right. Uh, so what did you all want to talk about? Because I'm just about ready to just throw the notes out the window and just drink beer. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, <sighs> starting to think I got into the wrong... Uh, show although maybe there's a reason i have quarter million subscribers and you're at 1500 but <laughs> <laughs> 17 oh 1700 yeah it's nice two. so uh steve's bot farm finally got unbanned i see yes <laughs> blame it on the spacex launch ghosts in the machines dns it's it's always dns when in doubt dns uh who here wants a gpu I mean, I'm not going to turn one down. Uh, yeah, well, what are we talking here? Anyway, uh, we do have some super chats to get to. Let's get to them before the stream crashes again. Yeah. Starting all the way back at the beginning, technically before I was live, because uh, I don't count four frames per second as being live. Big Big Spoon sends over $4.99, and he says, Bunny and then Beer Clink. So, cheers, Spoon, and thank you so cheers. much for always watching and supporting. Uh, next up, we've... Congratulations, too. Spoon oh, and congratulations. Is, uh, That's right. Yeah, expecting. Yep. Uh, has a little spoon on the way. Yes. Which sounds <laughs> weird when you say it like that, but... Congrats, Spoon. And a teaspoon. Yeah, congrats, Big Spoon and Little Spoon on Baby Spoon. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Soon to be named Jack. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're not sure which, uh, which name you're going to go with. I, I actually have, uh, so spoon, put a, put a pen in this one. Uh, I, I want Jackson Daniel. <laughs> it doesn't sound like what it is, but it, it, it fits perfectly your offspring. <laughs> and I'm assuming in some way, shape or form, Jack Daniels was involved. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Mike D sends over five Canadian. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, here's a good luck super chat to keep the streaming gremlins away. Uh, apparently it takes more than that, but but thank you. I appreciate it. Kren sends over five Aussie bucks. Fundraiser to improve YouTube's internet connection. Uh, yeah, alms for the poor. 
Uh, and finally, Novella Hub sends over a $5 ticket. Thank you so much, Novella. Surly Brewing, 13 Maple Barrel Aged Imperial Milk Stout with Vanilla Beans, 12.5. He was upset we didn't uh, do some shout outs. So he was like, I'm going to make him shout it out. Yeah, yeah. That's one way to get me to call out your beer is just send me a couple of bucks. So. Mm. Mikey says, hi, Kraft. Uh, I'm new here. Recently started watching your videos and hit the subscribe button. Welcome, Mikey. Nice. I hope you like it. Yeah. You like it. I'm, I'm not a BMW fan like you are, but, you know, it, teach their own. <laughs> hey, Mikey, he likes it. <laughs> okay. And with that, can we please get into the show? <laughs> All right. All right. Let's keep drinking. Let's go. We got our beers. We got our notes. We are good to go. I mean, it's almost time for the sponsor spot, and we can finally do our first story. Uh, but starting with uh, Jacob of EVGA, Jacob Freeman. Uh, some of you know him from Twitter or, or uh, Twitch. Uh, he does quite a bit for them. He's uh, one of their main PR guys. Uh, awesome, awesome dude. Uh, he had to share a very unfortunate uh, note uh, on the official EVGA uh, forum. There we go. Drew a blank on the name for a sec. The, the forum, the, the, the poster. Uh, <laughs> that uh, if you were looking for a graphics card and you were hopeful that EVGA was going to be getting a shipment in shortly because they usually say, hey, we're expecting a shipment on X day and they should hit retailers a day or two later. Uh, because they come into either San Francisco or LA, they get shipped to their distribution center and then either repackaged or, or boxed up and sent to retailers and online stores and things like that. Uh, Jacob posted to the official EVGA forum that please take notice that on October 29th, a shipment of GeForce RTX 3000 series graphics cards was stolen from a truck en route to San Francisco or from San Francisco to our Southern California distribution center. These graphics cards are in high demand and each has an estimated retail value starting at 329 up to 1959 MSRP. So we're talking everything from RTX 3060 to 3090. Uh, please take further notice that it is a criminal and civil offense to buy or receive property that has been stolen. Uh, it is also a criminal and civil offense to conceal, sell, withhold, or aid in concealing, selling, or withholding any such property. Uh, they have also uh, made sure that everyone knows that if there are ever any warranty or replacement claims on any of these graphics cards, because they're all serialized, EVGA will not register them, nor will they honor any warranties. Uh, first or third party. So, yeah. Now... To be fair, on the buyer's end, it's pretty hard to see if a card has been stolen versus a card has been uh, just bought at Micro Center and resold for a profit. I mean, that's kind of the world we live in right now. Yeah. But uh, that's the world we live in, that need for speed or uh, Fast and Furious style hijackings are happening for semi-trucks full of graphics cards right now like <laughs> i don't think it's like vin diesel going and some guy jumping on the back of a truck <laughs> but uh, yeah i get what you're right your i is. mean i mean we're living in a day and age where people are heisting semis full of graphics cards 
Yes, that is pretty bad. I mean, who would have thought that that would have uh, been a thing? Now, we don't know technically if that's what they plan to. Probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, knowing the value of these cards or knowing like, hey, for all we know, yeah, we can't turn around and sell them because they're probably registered. But now they have a really great mining rig. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, they could just post the serials. That is a potential thing if they wanted to try to catch uh, or deter people from buying this or or even get reports because people like me, we browse eBay and Craigslist and, and any other you know Facebook marketplace all the time uh, looking for stuff like this. And yeah, I mean, well, not stolen and... merchandise, but you know, <laughs> but graphics deals. cards. Yeah, but it would be hard to even if they posted that. I mean, someone buying a card isn't going to be like, let me check the forum, the EVGA forum right. for the serial number. Right. And the guy probably doesn't even list it while you're there. And yeah. you know, if he hot sells it, it's going to be gone in 30 minutes. Yep. If that you know. Uh, he just puts it down a hundred bucks cheaper than everyone else. It's gone in 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 twenty yeah. minutes. Yeah. Uh, so Harley sends over five dollars. Keep an eye out for someone selling new in box cards from their trunk. Uh, that's not entirely fair because uh, I made a living for a couple of years uh, where I would find deals on computer parts and I would sell them new in box out of the trunk of my car. <laughs> So, um, I mean, I I would go into stores. Uh, you know, fries. They they'd have like weekly deals and things like that uh i would buy five or six cpu motherboard combos at a time because they'd be 150 bucks off and then i just sell them at retail price or sell them in system builds uh and so you know you shop for the deals you you pick up on some and you you sell what you can't turn into a build and you make profit both ways uh so me selling brand new inbox card or you know graphics cards and motherboards and cpus out of the trunk of my car not that unusual like even if i had like six core two duos brand new in box in my passenger seat like that was kind of a normal thing for me and it's, it's still kind of a normal thing for a lot of people i mean how many times do you see mom pop computer stores uh they do that i mean i had a guy come over to me and he's like oh i'm i'm buying your computer parts just for parts yeah I mean, now he's probably not selling it out of the back of his truck, but there are those little tiny stores that right. make a profit off of even just used items. I mean, the guy doesn't even have to sit there and say these are uh, new graphics cards. He could sit there and say, oh, they're used. Right. And just not sell you the box. Right. You know, uh, that's an easy way of deterring the buyer from like, oh, this is fine and safe. Yeah. I used this one time and I upgraded. Yeah. You know, well, if you're saying that about a 3090, that's a pretty obvious piece. Well, yeah, I was gonna say the 3090, probably not, but or, or the 39, I just uh, I got bills to pay. Yeah, you know, I, I lost the receipt, so I can't take it back. Mm-hmm. They're only gonna give me store credit. Yeah, and I got bills to pay, so I need to get as much as I can out of this now. Yeah, you know, but you know darn well they're selling above MSRP, so even even that, it's like, yeah, yeah. The the story used to go like. I, I bought it, but I'm past the return period. Now I, I can only get in-store credit or something like that. Well, yep. starting in like 2017, during one of the first mining booms, Fry's actually posted signs saying, we will no longer honor seven-day return periods for graphics cards. You buy it, it's yours. Take it up with the manufacturer. Uh, and I know a lot of other retailers are pretty similar on stuff like that now. So, yeah, yeah, they don't accept returns. If it's not working, you already bought it. Get your warranty. Yeah. 
I do wonder though how much because it's not <laughs> if it is a uh, Fast and the Furious style heist. Mm-hmm. Or was it literally just some guys like walked up and the truck driver was in the bathroom and they're like, oh, I know how to hotwire this. Right. All right. Take off. I can Let's drive just, an 18 you know. speed. Right. Yeah. You know, something like that to where they didn't even know what they had in the back. Yeah. I'm, who knows? Wouldn't be. Who knows? That's the thing. But so, yeah, it does suck. It sucks. It sucks for everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike sends over uh, 1251 Canadian uh, missed last week's VR themed stream but would love to hear your thoughts on Resident Evil 4 VR uh, should a VR noob like me pick it up catch you on the replay uh, I haven't looked too much at Resident Evil 4 VR um, but what I will say is most VR ports I'm a little bit skeptical of just from seeing previous VR ports. I've seen a couple done very, very well. uh, And I've seen a couple that are, in my opinion, unplayable as far as what VR should be. Uh, So Skyrim was a big one when they said, Bethesda is natively porting Skyrim to VR. They ported the game and yes, you can walk around in Skyrim, but you'd be better off playing with an Xbox 360 controller rather than any kind of, motion yards yeah because there's no interaction in the world there is no feeling of immersion there is it, it's pretty terrible it, it's wearing a monitor on your face now it's it's a good monitor and it's a very good looking game but as soon as you try to play it it falls apart uh that is to be said there is a new uh mod that came out maybe like four months ago or something like that i believe it's called higgs which is a uh hand interaction basically all of your real world movements with your hands will translate into skyrim and you can interact with the world and your inventory system works by like putting something over your back into your backpack just like uh half-life alex did and uh so and swinging your sword actually will like make contact with things instead of just like passing through a table so yeah they, they the community has brought up some games like that uh but speaking of ports, Skyrim, one of the worst ones. Fallout 4, once they finally got the bugs ironed out, one of the better ones. But the native games, like Gorn, Half-Life Alex, uh, gosh, uh, Blade and Sorcery, those are hands and feet above all the rest. I mean, just no question. Uh, Super Hot's probably the only one that's been successfully ported, but that already kind of felt like a VR game. Yeah. <laughs> so. Really did. Yeah. Uh, as far as Resident Evil 4, and I said the same kind of thing about uh, GTA San Andreas uh, coming to, to VR. I'm skeptical until they prove me wrong. Uh and Rockstar did prove me wrong with L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir is a fantastic VR game. Uh, I'm a little skeptical what if San Andreas will turn out looking and playing that well or not. But we'll see. I gotta get back into VR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll probably end up buying an Oculus. Uh... One of the quests. One of the quests, yeah. something like that. I, yeah, I have probably... two Oculus Quest 2s now, and they are fant- They are my daily driver. Yeah, it's just something to be like, oh, I want to go and play it, and like, I don't want to go have my mm-hmm. get, you know, clear space out, because mine's a Windows uh, Asus. Yeah, yours uh, is a Windows Mixed. 
Yeah, and so it's like, ah, oh, I gotta have my wires 20 feet long. Yep. And it's like, oh, I gotta clear a spot out in my room. Once you go full wireless, this. you can never go back. Oh, uh, yeah. And, like, I, I have an HTC Vive. I have a Pimax 5K+. Plus. I have uh, a Samsung Odyssey Windows Mixed Reality. Um, I play on a Quest 2. Like, objectively, the worst of, of all those as far as resolution, frame rate, uh, and, and, and whatnot. But... It's wireless, which makes it more immersive. I don't have to concentrate on, okay, is the cable hitting my leg right now? And do I need to step over to do... I can just be in the game. Yeah, and, no. And that is so much more valuable and important to gameplay than resolution or field of view or anything else. That and not yeah. having to mount sensors. Like Windows Mixed Reality is kind of excluded from this because they also have inside-out tracking, but not having to mount my Valve lighthouses and make sure they're calibrated and... <laughs> And, and every, like, I don't have to hang wires everywhere and then have a 30 foot tether going up my back. It's, I don't have a PC in my living room, but my living room is where I play VR now because I have a gigabit yeah. access point hanging in the hallway. And so uh, I've actually been experimenting with playing VR off of my cloud gaming machine via, via Wi-Fi. And so like not even my desktops are running VR. It's coming off my <laughs> server right now. <laughs> So yeah, uh, well, I gotta go get the uh, home. There's a VR home brewing game. Oh yeah, where yeah. all you I saw that all you do is just yeah, all you do is just brew beer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. But well, I guess the whole point is like you can even make that <laughs> recipe in there and then export it out. Yeah. Um, I don't know how scientifically it like. Oh, it tastes like this, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll brew beer, but. I'm going to sit here for a week as it ferments. Yes. <laughs> and I don't get to taste any of it. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. It's probably based on uh, like a lot of the bartending games. Cause I, I have a couple because they're fun. Uh, like yeah. I love bartending. I love fast paced bartending. Uh, I, I do it a couple of times a year unofficially for family parties, but I try to make it as professional event as possible. I'll dress up. I'll uh, I have, you know, 30 bottles behind me and you just name a cocktail and I will make it for you. And, and I try to make it professional, but bar professional. Uh, and, uh, it's really fun. It's a lot of fun. And to make sure I know the, the repertoire of like 60 or 70 cocktails that you need to know, uh, there's a couple bar bartender sims and you actually have to locate your ingredients and your mixers and your fruit and everything else and you mix it and shake it and uh you also pour beer off tap for for patrons and they'll just walk up to the bar <laughs> and order from you and you have to keep tabs on everything it also tells you how accurate you're being with your pours and yeah it's it's great it's a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. speaking of gaming uh denuvo has once again demonstrated that when it comes to DRM, the consumer is the only one who loses. It's not the pirates who are suffering. It's it's everyone who actually paid for the software. Uh, so earlier this week, actually Monday uh, was when this was from, uh, one of Denuvo's main activation servers went offline because their domain had expired. <laughs> And so it 
it's always DNS. Like we were talking about that at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yep. It was DNS. Only this time you were knocking Much at the right place, but no one was there. Uh, yeah. One of Denuvo's anti-piracy servers was not responding because it no longer had a valid domain. Uh, when that happened, dozens upon dozens of games that rely upon Denuvo uh, anti-piracy measures were not, were not able to load. Because yep. they have to check with Denuvo to make sure, hey, yes, I bought the game, and we're. How does nope. the how does this stop piracy? Piracy is an availability problem. Piracy is not a outside of the one percent who who genuinely go out and and pirate games left and right. Piracy yeah. is an availability problem. You you make HBO Max four ninety nine a month. Guess what? You sell it to everyone because everyone wants to watch Game of Thrones. And the couple of people who are sharing accounts, it really doesn't matter because they're still making their money. Yeah. You, you have acceptable losses in retail, and it's called shrink, and it's built into your profit margin. You expect when you run a, a Costco or a Target or a Walmart that so much of your stock is just going to walk out the door for one reason or another. Either it's damaged and gets returned and you don't get money back for it, or it's just straight up stolen. That happens in the electronic world too, but the thing in the electronic world, it doesn't actually impact you. It doesn't hurt your profit loss because that wasn't a sale in the first place. It's not a physical product. So, does how does DRM prevent piracy? The answer is, it doesn't. Every form of DRM has been cracked. Yes, that's true. So, so, it just might have taken the pirates a little bit longer, but guess what? They weren't going to buy your game in the first place. So, all you are hurting is the consumer. Well, I guess that's not necessarily true because, uh, you know, back in the earlier days of piracy, it was more of just not not necessarily availability i don't know it's i i can kind of agree and i disagree on certain on on that point of similar to let's say with the hbo thing streaming services now yeah back when netflix first came out it was only netflix yeah. and you're like i got my cable i got my netflix i'm good i don't mind paying for it then all then all of a sudden you got hulu yep and you're like okay another Okay, I, I, I can tack another $7.99 oh, on. I'll, right. I'll tack another $7.99. Now there's HBO Plus. Now there's Peacock. Now there's Paramount Plus. Now there's Disney. And now you, there's... There's Disney, yeah. yes. And you're like, I'm paying for cable. Right. I'm paying for internet. I'm paying for all of these. And you're like, you know, I'm going to go dust off that old uh, 2001 pirate hat. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm going to save old myself friend. that. Exactly. And I, I think that's similar to gaming yep. is that they're saying... If something is too free, people will take advantage of it. So I understand this of right. blocking it a little bit. Um, so, but yes, you are right. This doesn't stop anyone. This doesn't deter anyone from. As soon as the game's released, within a month, probably Sometimes it's going to be. That, yeah, right? exactly. You know, but um, long, worst worst case scenario, a month, and then you can play the game. What I can tell you, uh, because I I do keep up on this kind of thing, and. Oftentimes, even if I do own a legitimate copy, like I own 700 plus games in my Steam library, 
Yeah. There's a good number of them. I have cracked copies on my local storage because sometimes I don't want to put Steam on a test machine. And so sometimes I'll just run a cracked game or on my arcade machine or whatever else. I bought the game. Yeah. Or maybe I bought the game 15 years ago. Maybe in the case of like the original 13 or Thief or Skyrim yeah. or games that I've bought multiple times over. Maybe I just want to play it again without an online DRM server verifying that I have it. And so I'll just download a cracked copy. Um, yeah. I have no shame in that because I have a valid license and I've I've given the developers their money. Well, and you're not you're not distributing that crap. And I'm not distributing uh, that copy, nor yeah. am I selling it or giving it to friends. It is literally for personal use, which kind of counts as personal backup, although I didn't make the backup myself, but I am circumventing DRM. Yeah. So yeah, it it's this weird line to walk where Every game that I have on my home server and on my, my PCs, I own a license to. Whether I bought them through Steam or through Origin or or physical media, yeah, I own them. But I also keep backup copies. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Yeah, I just don't... I, I don't think, you know, the highly sensitive of... Uh, locking it de novo style because there's more than just their mm -hmm. company that does this. Um, yeah, it, it just seems to be a deterrent, which irritates some people, but it <laughs> is kind of a thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe does it technically get to the casual gamer of like, I don't really, I just wanted to try that game. You know, I don't maybe, think that's a thing. I don't honestly think that's a thing. I think that's an excuse. Some people will bring up, but if you're willing to download it for free, you're probably not willing to pay for it. Well, Mo if you're... Most people, most people will will pay given, given the right asking price and given the right availability. And then that also, too, might be the thing, the right asking price, because game set prices have been going, not up, but they are up a lot. You know, your standard game's 60 to 70 bucks now. I, I will say... Um, Especially now with that's downloadable That's kind of content. true, but that's also not true because we, you and I grew up in the 90s when it was not uncommon for an SNES game bucks. to be 50 to $70 in some yeah. cases. Uh, in, in some cases, yeah. So um, with inflation, like, they're half price at this point. Um, technically true. Yeah, I mean, but if you're buying, like, I guess the downloadable content, the loot crates, and they're just like, man, they're just raping my money, mm -hmm. you know, Uh I don't know, maybe then there's the, the people that are taking it are thinking, look, I'm going to go and download this, but they're going to get my money anyways because I'm going to go buy a bunch of stuff in the game. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe That's how they justify it to themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the, the games that I do get to play, yeah, I go and buy them because it's like, look, people put money into it. I also don't want to go through the headache mm -hmm. of most of the time if you do what those crack games, it's you got to like, oh, I got to adjust to this. I got to unhook the computer from the internet for a couple minutes right. and, you know, don't do something stupid like that. Oh, I did it wrong the first time. Hang on. This patch has a virus in it for some stupid reason now, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't trust that. It's easier to just well, to go buy the game because, yes, mm -hmm. like you said, I want to play the game. Right. I'm going to go buy the game. Right. You know, I'm going to go probably buy, uh, what's it called? Uh, Battlefield, the, the latest one. It's going to cost me 80 bucks. Right. 
but yeah, I'm going to go buy it. Because mm-hmm. I know at least I'm going to enjoy that game. Right. And some games are day one purchases for me. Some some games are wait for a, a Steam sale. Some games are... Yeah. Uh, I will say if a game's available on good old games on GOG.com, I buy it there because I support DRM free. Uh, yeah. I stand by my word on that. Uh, I I will not buy a game even on Steam if it's available on GOG or itch.io or, or some other platform like that. Um, I bought... Uh, uh, untitled Goose Game on itch.io and all it is is a zip file that you uncompress and then run goose.exe. Like that's <laughs> that's the installation process for that game. So talk about no DRM. It's yeah. Untitled Goose Game is portable <laughs> if you if you buy it from itch.io. Uh, so yeah. Um, thoughts on emulation. I've given thoughts on emulation before. Um, I think emulation as a form of game preservation and as allowing people to play games from an era gone by. And when I say an era gone by, I mean at least a generation or two removed from the current gen. Um, So what I'm not talking about is Nintendo Switch and PS5 emulation. What I'm talking about is, you know, right now if you downloaded... Uh, Burnout Takedown for the Xbox 360 or the original Xbox. No one cares. No one cares. And no one should care. The game is 16 years old. You know, uh, no one's making money on that game. No one's remastering it. No one's... But it's a good game. It's worth a playthrough. No one's making money anymore on the original Super Mario World. Well, yeah. Regardless I mean, of what we, Nintendo wants you to believe. Exactly. We we talked about that months ago, a while back, mm-hmm. of the, the guy that ran that emulation website mm-hmm. that Nintendo sued. And he was in breach of the agreement by not paying, I think it was like a $5 fine. Yeah. His monthly $5. <laughs> uh, right. So he was found in contempt and jailed. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, but that's how how many thousands <laughs> upon thousands of games did this guy have? This is how much Nintendo actually care. Right. They're like, you know what? Just cancel your Hulu subscription and give it to us. Right. That's all they were like, that's what you're going to get. I'm sorry. You do that for the next 20 years. Oh, no. You can't go buy a, a cheeseburger for a, a, a month, one time a month. Right. You know, or your, your McDonald's meal. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing. They don't care. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, does Oculus Quest 2 require a Facebook account? Yes, but at the same time, no. So the, the $299 <laughs> Oculus Quest 2, the 128 gig model, yes, you're required to log into Facebook. There is a Facebook remover script that you can run uh, that will disable all Facebook telemetry and remove the Facebook login requirement. However, it also bans you or prevents you from using the Facebook uh, web store to purchase games. And even if you've purchased them and then you disconnect from Facebook, you can't launch them if you're not connected to Facebook. Uh, So you would need to sideload any application that you would want. Um, Yeah. So now that being said, number one, there's a whole bunch of homebrew and ported games that are fantastic you can get pirated games for the quest 2 and load them because they're just android apks uh or you could buy the headset as a standalone pc vr 
uh, and either link it with a link cable or over Wi-Fi and just play PC VR and buy the games at probably a cheaper rate anyway from the PC. Gorn is 10 bucks yep. on, on Steam. It's like $15.99 on, on Facebook. So it might be a better way to go anyway if you're not planning on using it as a standalone VR device. Uh, but as a standalone VR device, it's still pretty good. Like I, I own a number of games on the Oculus Quest 2 that I purchased from Facebook that I do play from time to time on there. Um, even though I own the games on on Steam, like uh, Gorn and Superhot, uh, Vacation Simulator, Job Simulator, games that, that my kids might want to play. Like those are on there and they're bought officially from the store. And yeah, I log into Facebook. It's literally the only reason I have a Facebook account anymore is because I use my Oculus Quest too. However, I'm longing for the day when I can just cut that cord. So. we do have a 50 dollars super chat uh zachary sends over 50 bucks thank you so much zachary uh it's a lovely morning in the village and you are a horrible goose <laughs> thank you so much uh that is one of my favorite games of the last couple years to come out is untitled goose game um do you remember john were you with us when we saw that at pax uh no i was not. okay uh yeah uh so uh it's actually made it was made here in Portland and then published by an Australian publisher. So the, the programming team is local to Portland. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we went to their booth uh, at PAX 2019. And that was a really good time. It was a really funny game to watch people play for the first time. Uh, and then I couldn't wait to get a hold of it. And it was it was great. My first time playing through it, I played through it with my daughter watching and now she loves to play it. <laughs> it's not a long game, uh, but there's like, it's kind of like the Incredible Machine or uh, games like that where there might be a dozen different ways to solve this puzzle and you just have to solve it and that's it, which makes it a lot of fun. It's it's yeah, It's a lovely day in the village and you are a horrible goose. Here's your task. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> it's great. It's a great game. Yeah, those type, those type of games are always really fun because, like you said, you can come back and be like, look, I know how to do this. How Then you sit there and think to yourself, how do I do it differently? Right. And then that gives you a challenge. Yeah. And you're like, oh, let's go do something. How, how can I do this the funnest way possible? Right. Uh, or, or the, the there, most dis- like, there's some really simple challenges on there as far as... Uh, uh, you know, put sunglasses on, on the bust or... or something like that well you can get sunglasses from that little house that you're in or you can take sunglasses from the shop owner from around the corner in the previous area and if you can get them all the way there you can still put them on the bust uh there i mean there's there's so many different ways to solve it and then there's achievements based on like carrying an item all the way through or stealing all of one type of an item or things like it's great steal all the vegetables from the from the uh the farmer's garden is one of my favorites. All right. Uh, you got a quick super chat from Kevin. Oh. And then I think we can probably do the sponsor. Yes. That's actually what I was loading up. <laughs> uh, Kevin sends over $6.99 Canadian. Uh, so buys us about a half a pint. Thank you so much, Kevin. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm wondering what amperage circuit you use to power your server rack because I'm trying to see what others use to power their racks. Uh, 
behind my rack, I have two dedicated 20 amp circuits. Uh, now, I really only draw power from one. So all of my servers draw power from a single 20 amp. And then I have a second 20 amp there and my air conditioning unit at the bottom of the rack plugs into that because that'll draw 750 watts on its own when it's when it's on and, and cooking in the middle of summer. Uh, so in total, my, my rack could theoretically draw in excess of 2000 watts very easily if you count the, the cooling solution in it. Uh, Right now, my rack idles right around 900 watts, uh, and someone says go 240. Yeah, no, my next upgrade is going 240 volt. I'm going to get a couple of 240, uh, 30 amps, and uh, we're going to rock with that. So, because going 240, you can uh, more than double your your power density. It's it's kind of crazy when you start doing the math on okay, well this draws 100 watts, but hey, it only draws like 40 watts if I'm at 240 volts. So, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a weird thing. Uh, but yes, uh, I I have two 20 amp 120 volt circuits, uh, and for my power needs, it's more than enough. But I also am at the point where I. I'm having to start picking and choosing which servers I want to run at what time because my UPS is actually one of the limiting factors because uh, for a 120 volt UPS, the most you can get in a 2U form factor is a 1500VA. Um, and I don't want to exceed that load on a 20 amp circuit. So I'm kind of stuck at the moment. But I do plan on getting like some... 3000 or 5000 VA rack mount units when I go 240 volt possibly adding a second rack like I've got plans I've got I've got plans my wife might not like it but I have plans uh Ryan sends over five dollars just spent three hours dissecting my Logitech G29 because it wasn't working only to find out my USB PCIe card that died <laughs> that's how my night is oh. going oh uh, I hate when stuff like that happens yeah when you go down a a rabbit, rabbit hole, hole chasing a red herring for a PC problem that turned out to be something else entirely. That that sucks. That sucks. Uh, I hope your your G29 is treating you well. I'm still on a G25, believe it or not. Uh, I, I skipped the whole G27 train, and I'm still rocking uh, my highly modified G25. <laughs> um, I have a full-size steering wheel on there. I've got a, a, a really nice polyurethane adapter for, for the wheel. I've got extended paddle shifters. Um, and I have, uh, instead of the Logitech uh, eight-speed shifter, I have a uh, Thrustmaster TH8RS, which is, oh, so good. Anyway. Uh, you know what else is good? You know what else is good? Our sponsor. Our sponsor. Thank you, John. <laughs> you know what else is good? Our sponsor. Today's video is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources or time to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software from most of the tutorials you find on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateway, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. With CPU-ish plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. 
Linode also recently announced they are the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. Starting in September, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers, and it is now live in Atlanta. Best of all, storage rates will remain at the same low price they always have been. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit when signing up for a new account and get your home lab or business account started today. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing and thank you again to Linode for sponsoring today's video. Thank you. Nice. No, I'm actually genuinely excited about NVMe block storage being available and it's at the same tiered price that they were selling like spinning disk storage for. Spinning disk with SSD cache. That's awesome. Right. So straight up NVMe block storage. Like if you're looking for a storage solution in the cloud and you don't want to go with, you know, a a, a brand name, you know, an, an AWS or a Google or something like that, Linode has NVMe block storage, 10 cents a gigabyte per month. Like that's nothing. Nope. Great stuff. Great stuff. And thank you, Linode, for keeping John's fridge stocked. <laughs> yes. All right. Speaking of fridge, how's your how's your playing the elder coming along? It's fantastic. Uh, I've got almost about a third left, but uh, my my okay. I'm a little parched. So if you want to start introducing okay. yours, I'll catch up here in a sec. Well, I I can okay. So uh, for my second beer, uh, you were doing IPAs, and I was just randomly grabbing stuff out. <laughs> so um, I was like, you know what? Might as well buy a, get a stout. <clears throat> Today is North Coast Brewing's Old Rasputin Barrel Aged. I almost grabbed that. <laughs> I almost grabbed that same bottle. <laughs> so, yep. <clears throat> what is this? See, if we communicated, we could have had the same beers tonight. <laughs> I know. We really could have. Pliny oh, the Elder no. followed by an Old Rasputin 23. That sounds like a good night. It does. And I left my keychain with your bottle opener. Oh, no. You you can't do the countertop trick? Uh, This has a beveled countertop. Oh, no. Uh, It's my (laughs) wife's. Um, Hang on. Hang on. Sword here. Oh, God. It's coming! It's coming! Ah, oh yeah! <laughs> Mazel tov! <laughs> yes! That's how we do it! Oh my god! <laughs> I can't yes. believe that worked! That's how it broke the bottle. I, I know, <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> ah, oh. Perfect. That was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I am not drinking out of that bottle. No. <laughs> no. All right, there, hang on. Now, John, hang usually on. you're supposed to chill the neck of the bottle, and uh, then yes. you run the saber up the uh, the seam <laughs> on the bottle, and and you and and it's supposed to be a cork, not a bottle cap. Well, <laughs> it's a dull blade. Yeah, but so. it's real glass. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cork, the cork, the, the cap did come off, but it also broke the glass. Yep. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, 
That was amazing. Like, screw uh, it. Your show now. Have fun. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do you want me to introduce the next article? <laughs> sure. Go for it. All right. Well, something that we both enjoyed are these portable gaming devices. Um, and one of the coolest ones, one of the best ones we were most excited for was the Valve Steam Deck. Um, Unfortunately, I do have some bad news for you. <clears throat> if you are one of the purchasers um, that got it and are expecting it to get it in December, like they promised for that wonderful holiday season, I am sorry to say you are not going to get it. I was very hopeful. And in fact, I was I was on the list for a December delivery. Like I have yeah. a very early order number. I got mine in within 30 minutes of it going live. Uh, most people were not able to do that because, uh, like, even Valve got the hug of death, uh, which is very rare for them. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, what was supposed to launch in December of 2021 has been delayed at least two months to February of 2022 due yep. to the ongoing silicon shortage. Now, we're all very familiar with everything that's going on right now. Uh, basically, there's delays and shortages at every step of the chain, whether it's physical supplies or raw materials or logistics or labor or whatever have you. Everything. It's a bad time to do anything. Uh, and even if you're the size of Valve, you're going to get delayed. Uh, yep. So, yeah, everyone should have gotten an email today if you backed the Valve Steam Deck that... Uh, it's not going to hit the holiday 2021 season. Instead, you're going to be left uh, waiting until February of 2022. Honestly, I am a little disappointed, although not entirely surprised. Yeah, no. Now, they are, like you were saying, you have an early number. The uh, ordering number will still say, stay the same, yeah. they are saying. So it's not even just like a certain supply we're going to go out and uh, in December, and then the rest are going to go out in February. No, the whole entire thing is going to be pushed back. Essentially, just the whole thing yeah. pushed back. So even if you're order number one, you're getting you're the same back. spot in line, right? Yep. But you have the same spot in line, but you just push back like everyone else. Yep. So that at least that's kind of good. You're not going to be one of those jerk companies like, well, we have 500, but then there's a delay on order number two, you know, yep. type of a thing. Yep. So yeah. Uh, so I got literally back-to-back -back, uh, kicks to the groin region uh, as far as handhelds go. Um, I've been wanting to get a little bit into handheld gaming reviews because it's an area that I really enjoy. I mean, literally just on my desk right now, I have a Retroid Pocket 2 and a GPD Win 1. Uh, you yeah. all saw my GPD Win 3 review. I also have a GPD Win 2. I have a, an Anbernic 351M. I have, I like handhelds. Like, it's, it's a thing. Uh, well, great. Anyway, so uh, we got this email today from Valve this morning uh, saying February 2022. Um, I'm also a backer of the Ein Odin, which is the uh, Android handheld that was uh, starting at $175 on Indiegogo or $199 at retail. They also have the Pro model starting at $275 or $299. Uh, I backed both the light version and the Pro version because I kind of wanted to see what the differences were as far as performance goes and how do they work at game streaming with Parsec or Moonlight or something similar? Uh, 
I think I got a notice on Sunday that I'm also being delayed at least three weeks. Uh, and again, I'm an early backer on the pro model of that one. So I was slated for a November delivery, um, which would have been awesome because I would have had the handheld by the time my son arrives. <laughs> <laughs> December third. <laughs> something to do. Right, like, I'd have oh, something I, I, to I, I do while watch I'm, him. Right. Like, uh, right. Yeah, but but now both the gaming handhelds that I was expecting to have in my hands by like December fifteenth. Nope, sorry. <laughs> so so for me, I got the double whammy this week. No, see now you, there, now you'll just have to do uh, your Oculus while you're having your son. Just hold him in one hand <laughs> and start swiping around. I, I've been getting really into Blade and Sorcery lately. They just introduced a Dungeons update, and it's a quasi randomly generated uh, dungeon crawler where you're just fighting off enemies, and uh, you have to make it to the end alive. And sometimes it's one or two enemies that you have to sneak up on. Sometimes they'll sound an alarm, and it's twenty enemies who rush out of the gate at you, and it's intense and uh yeah i don't think i can play that with with my son in one arm uh swinging around like i've hit the fireplace a couple of times yeah it's it's a good game anyway for me i did open my second beer haven't tried it yet though uh this one is one you have definitely not had john but it is one that i am kind of on bated breath for uh so we all know Ghostfish Brewery. Uh, they are the gluten-free, gluten-free p- facility up in Seattle, Washington. And again, my wife having celiac disease, I will try any gluten-free beer I can get my hands on. Uh, my wife actually does like hoppy beers, but she can't have them because wheat, barley, and rye, you know, the essence of life, will literally kill her. <laughs> so we usually avoid it in that house outside of liquid form for my own consumption. Uh, but, uh, Ghostfish does gluten-free beers. Not only does gluten-free beers, but they're usually pretty darn good with the exception of their Hefeweizen, which, holy crap, that is Spawn of Satan. Um, yeah, it's probably still the original recipe, because, yeah, I remember bad. when they first it's bad. were first introduced and it was like, all of their stuff was nasty. Right, yeah. So, no, it's, gotten be- it's gotten better. It's gotten a lot better, gotten a lot. right. Uh, no, I actually have a stout, uh, the... Wastelander stout uh, from mm-hmm. Ghostfish. Solid. Like, yeah. solid stout. Um, anyway, this is an IPA. Okay. It's a double IPA. Okay. Double IPA gluten-free beer. 8%. 8% gluten-free 8% IPA. gluten-free double IPA. Uh, okay. This is the Ghostfish Peak Buster. So, there you go. There we go. Ah, yeah. There we go. I saw Hazy? It. What is it? Like, what does it look like? No, it's uh, clear. Slightly. It's opaque. It's it opaque. Un- unfiltered. Yeah, it's unfiltered. Right. It's not there hazy. It's not hazy. I, yeah. I want to draw that line. <laughs> no, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I'm... It's it's citrusy, but it's a way different kind of citrus. Mm, I wonder if there's extracts. Um, I wonder what they use for. I, I I would love to visit them one time. I really would. I would. Yeah, I would be curious. That, that, do they extract the gluten? Because by doing that, they're still technically 
like a percentage, like something like one percent or just right. under one percent. Uh, yeah, for those who don't know, uh, gluten is the coating around the kernel, and so when you're talking about wheat, barley, rye, and a couple of other obscure things, gluten is the coating around the kernel that you would use in in manufacturing food. Um, you can extract pure gluten from the kernel, but you can't take it all away and leave just the kernel behind. Yeah. Um, there is always some, some form of gluten in the kernel. Uh, so anything that has wheat in it will have gluten. Anything that has malt in it will have gluten. Um, and when you have celiac disease, which is an autoimmune disease, uh, there's no such thing as a safe level of gluten. It's, it has to be zero. And, and I'm, we're talking like zero parts per million, not like three parts per million still counts as zero. No, zero. Um, but, uh, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they're using extract. I think I would go with extract if I was there right, now. Right. Um, because I do believe they claim it's a zero. Yeah. They, they claim zero. And in fact, it is a 100% gluten-free facility. Like they go as yeah. far as like, we don't even touch it. it. It's never in the factory. Um, I'm trying to place this smell. It It's a, it's a citrusy smell. It's not passion fruit. It's passion fruit. Passion fruit. Okay. Like I, I wanted to say guava, but no, it's passion fruit. You know that ain't half bad at all. Really? How's the body? You know, double IPA, you want a good body. It's got a good body. It, okay. It's not thin. The The main complaint I have about Ghostfish beers is they're usually thinner than they should be. Um, yep. This, while it wasn't as thick as Pliny the Elder at the same 8%, it's, it's got some heft to it. It's, it's a little bit chewy. Little bit of a, of a different back end. I'm trying to place what that possibly could be because it starts citrusy. The middle of it is very much Northwest IPA. Like, like think, uh, I want to say like Tricera hops, like Ninkasi Tricera hops. Like okay, yeah, if I had to place okay. like that middle section, that's what that is. It's quintessential double IPA, Good Nikazi's, yeah, good beer. Good beer. That good solid beer you want. The back end goes back into the citrus, like it. Uh. It le um, and it's a, it's a decent flavor, but it kind of catches you off guard if you're used to that oily cling. Like it, it tastes like one of those clingy stone style beers, but then all of a sudden it just like brightens up and kind of vanishes. Huh. So like the, the danky resinous. Right. It's not, it's back. not, yeah. Um, it, it, it's still very dank. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a danker hop. It's, it's very citrus forward, but it starts citrusy, goes very, very oily hoppy, but then brightens on the back end instead of getting thicker and, and darker. Uh, that is interesting and actually really good. Yeah, no, um, 
uh, other than Ghostfish, because Ghostfish for the longest time was pretty much the only gluten free. Right. Um, unfortunately, there is for people like your wife and everything, because there are more people out there with celiac disease. Right. There, you have to be careful if you're going to go buy it, because there is a label on beer that's called gluten reduced. Yes. Now, that is not gluten-free. That is gluten-reduced. Right. And a lot of bottle shops that I've noticed, at least in our area, neck of the woods, mm -hmm. will combine those <laughs> as, you know, usually they're shelled of like, hey, here's alcohol-free, regular, and then there's gluten-free. Right. They also put gluten-reduced into that gluten-free right. area. Right. So if you are sensitive to gluten or highly sensitive, right. like Jeff's wife, uh, make sure to check those labels. Don't want uh, you going out there and just, oh, it says gluten-reduced. That means it's gluten-free. No. Yep. Check the label. Yep. Uh, we do have a couple super chats to get to. Uh, Ryan sends over $5. This goes to John. I'm paying to evict the hat from your noggin. It simply doesn't suit you. Uh, Ryan, no one asked you. <laughs> it's cold. Right. Um, <laughs> I have a hat that I like to wear as well. And I got what's really funny uh, so a lot of people watch my rack tour video and my hat looked filthy in that video. It was because of the direct top-down lighting. Um, yeah. So the next video that came out, I'm yeah. also wearing that hat in the intro to that video. Uh, so the first half of that video, I'm wearing then, that same hat. That video was filmed the day before my rack tour video. Uh, but they, they came out in opposite order. So my hat was just as dirty with me sitting behind the desk, but it looked perfectly black and, and well, yeah. yeah, lighting is everything. And in my garage, yeah. I don't give a crap about my, my studio lighting. I don't give a crap about where it falls on my face and the harshness and everything. Like, I don't care. I have three lights on me right now to make sure that I look good on camera from specific angles. I, I have a kicker light on the back to even out <laughs> The, the highlight around the back of my ear. Like, do you realize what goes into lighting? Yeah. So, yes, my hat appeared dirty for an episode. You know what? I also don't care. Yes. Oh, no, I don't care either. You know, <laughs> I am I am in a new studio. Nor did I ask building. any of you for your fashion sense or, or yes. taste or opinions. And there is not a lick. Well, there is four panels full of... Um, insulation mm -hmm. because I found the exact same insulation on sale somewhere else. So I had to go take the old insulation back and I haven't <laughs> had time to insulate my area. Yep. So by that, it is freezing. Yep. It's actually raining right now. I It sounds like I'm inside someone's mouth and they just ate a bunch of Pop Rocks. <laughs> and you probably can't hear it, but that's what it sounds like to my ears. No, none, of, yes, none of that is coming through, luckily. But lighting is literally like I have just some... Um, LEDs on the floor and yeah. the two studio lines that I used to have are just like, ah, shine it. Right. I don't care. Yeah. No, your I background just... is a little hot, uh, yeah. es especially over your, what is that? Your right shoulder. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a little hot, there but well, there's, a, there's a beam right there. But not bad. It's not bad. I, I threw this together. Well, like you said, I was late. So right. what do you think I was doing? Right. <laughs> but here's the deal. Uh, and, and Ryan, I don't mean to pick on you. I do appreciate the, the $5 super chat and I know it was said in jest. So I, I don't mean to pick on you, but when God, I had this conversation with, uh, there was a 15 year old kid that I met with because he wants to be a YouTuber. Uh, and, uh, went and had lunch with him, uh, with a good friend of mine who's a, a counselor for him. And, uh, 
we had a long conversation about what does it mean to be a YouTuber? What actually goes into it? And, and I said, believe it or not, like 85% of my job isn't the thing you see on camera. It's, it's the research that goes behind the videos. It's the production. It's the talking to uh, potential ad partners and, and, and uh, hardware partners to set up future videos. It's, it's, it's running a small business and then you happen to film yourself 10% of the time. Uh, but uh, the first time I met him, like I said, he's 15 years old. He's roughly average height. But uh, uh, so I, I walk in to this restaurant and uh, and he goes, hey, look, or my, my friend goes, hey, look, it's a real YouTuber. And so I turn around like, ah. Yeah, um, but anyway, he goes, uh, and, and then my friend goes, so what do you think my buddy here has to do to become a real YouTuber? And I said, well, first off, you have to grow about a foot. <laughs> which is great because my friend is six two i'm i'm six five and and here's here's the 15 year old kid at like you know five five maybe and, and whatnot and he goes oh and we came back around to to that and i said the reason i i jabbed you in the ribs like that like that's the first thing i said to this kid was well first off you have to grow about a foot um is because if you can't even take light natured ribbing you're never going to succeed in this job. Yeah. Uh, because when I started filming YouTube, I didn't think I had any insecurities. But oh man, do commenters know how to latch on to whatever you might not know that's wrong with you? Yeah. And just poke at it. Oh yeah. I've, yeah, well, it, I've never it, ever in my life struggled with weight. I am not overweight. By any metric, okay. Uh, I gained like seven pounds during the pandemic, and I got comments about, "Hey, you've been drinking a lot more beer instead of walking your dog lately." And it's like, I didn't freaking ask you. I, my appearance is my own. You you should be hey, listening to my voice and listening to the content. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm sorry. You came to this channel for tech advice and tech right tech stuff. What do you care what I look like? Right. What do you care what hat I decide to wear in the comfort of my own home? Guess what? I walked down the stairs to go to work this morning. Yeah. Like. I miss those days. <laughs> I'm wearing pajama pants. Like. I almost, I'm wearing slippers. <laughs> I don't give a crap what you think about my appearance. I still try to present myself fairly professionally and, and fairly fairly cleaned up like i i still shave believe it or not like I, I i still keep everything nice and trimmed and and everything else but i don't give a crap what you think about my personal style <laughs> it's not why you watch my show i'm not a fashion designer i'm a i'm a tech youtuber and, and you know yeah. what i should be even more scraggly for as much linux as i've been talking lately so bite me <laughs> oh what was i gonna i was gonna say something but I already forgot. By the way, that. Ryan, I I do appreciate you. By the way, so I just yeah, want to. No, it, it 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 wasn't Ryan being something bad. It was just right. oh, this led to something else. Right, it, and and relevant conversations that I've had recently with people uh, about like why can't you just let people be who they are? Like I didn't ask for your fashion advice. Did I come on the channel and say, hey, does this hat look good? Do you think I need to clean this? No. And don't say anything. That's good advice. 
Novella Hub sends over another $5. Uh, what's the status of the second channel, Craft Computing? Uh, the channel name is reserved, uh, as is the domain name. Uh, I'm not announcing what that domain name is or what the channel name is quite yet. Uh, the biggest thing is uh, I just haven't had time. Uh, and well, I, you're having a kid. Right, right. <laughs> kind of threw a wrench into the whole situation. Um, I I want to get a second channel going because I have other interests outside of server gear. And as much as I didn't mean for this channel to become a home lab enthusiast channel, that's just what it became. Like, I wanted this channel to just show off whatever I was interested in. But I also have to play by the YouTube algorithm. And so when I did a review on the GPD Win 3, which is something I am... I was genuinely very excited about. Uh, I got no views from it. Uh, when <laughs> I, I did a review on my trackball, on my my Elecom Huge, which there's like two cat hairs hanging off of. And you know what? I don't care. Uh, I did a review on the Elecom Huge and that did decently enough. But then I reviewed another trackball and that is literally my worst video in the last six months as far as performance goes. And I thought it was a great video. I thought it was well edited. I thought it was well. Is that the together. gaming one? Yeah, the 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 game ball, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic video. No one seemed to care, and so I'm at this point where I'm I'm popular enough, and I I'm established enough as a home lab, Windows Linux, server based uh, YouTuber. It's almost kind of pigeonholed me into those are the analytics that get hits and that's what YouTube recommends. And when I do something outside of that, YouTube goes, ah, go, go kick rocks. Uh, and so I'm at the point where I need to start a second channel because I have interests outside of this space and I want to do other things. I'd love to do drone reviews. I'd I'm probably not gonna get into drone reviews, but I'd love to get into that space. I'd love to be able to throw out handheld reviews. Uh, and well, it's just the tech and hobbies that led you to wanting to be a YouTuber. You're like, I want to be that guy that does everything. Right. Well, you found the algorithm that fits and needs that pays for all of your stuff because right. now you're a professional YouTuber. But you still have the itch of like, this is what I started. And mm -hmm. I still really want to do that. Right. Every time you try to do it in your regular channel, it doesn't work. So you're like, look, this still makes me a good enough channel, but I still want to do this on my spare time. Right. I'll start a second channel. Right. And so... The second channel will happen, but I don't think it's going to happen until I have a second full-time employee in studio to help cover some of that load. Um, now, for those who don't know, I do have, uh, I uh, work with Rhett half-time. Uh, he actually works for me half-time doing a lot of email correspondence and all the nitty-gritty crap that I don't like to do as a small business owner. Um, so he answers emails and sets up ad deals and he also does all my video editing. So all the crap that keeps me from producing more content, he's starting to handle. Uh, and it's been great. It's It's been fantastic for both of us. And eventually I'm going to hire him full time and, and he'll be in studio probably three to four days per week. But at the moment, it's still zero days per week and there's still enough work for him to do remotely 100 that i i would love to film multiple videos in a day 
but I don't have time to set up the camera and shoot the B-roll and write the script and everything else. I would love to have Rhett write a handheld or game review for me and hand me a script and I say it and then he go off and edit it because that takes an hour and a half out of my day and then I can go off and do something else for craft computing and then we can publish to two different spaces. You see how that works? Yep. Whereas right now, I'm doing 100% of the legwork in studio and he has to do 100% of the legwork out of studio. If we could cross over that and I could do what I'm good at and he could do what he's good at, we could produce more content. So, uh, NetGuy sends over a $21.08 donation, $20 plus inflation. Diapers are still expensive. Thank you so much. Drinking 98 cent Chi-Chi's mudslide tonight. Uh, what's your and John's favorite guilty pleasure cheap adult beverage? Ooh, that's a great Ooh, question. That is a great Ooh. question. Ooh. Ooh. Cheap adult cheap beverage. adult beverage. I don't know if I have one at my house. <laughs> I mean. Well, I can go first. I, I have an example literally from last night. Okay. Okay. So maybe, yeah, maybe that'll inspire me. Okay. So um, I also like cocktails. Like if you hadn't noticed, I have a full bar, like a full 45 okay. bar or 45 bottle bar behind me. Um. I enjoy cocktails. I really enjoy cocktails. Well, last night I was sitting by the fire and uh, it's like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, you know what? I, I kind of feel like a cocktail. I, I, I just want something to like send me off to sleep. And uh, so I, I went out to, to my kitchen and uh, I'm like, what kind of cocktail do I want? Do I want like, you know, a, a heavy liquor? Do I want like an old fashioned or a Manhattan or something like that? I'm like, no, I, I think I want something a little lighter. And, uh, and I went, Ooh, I've got I've got cranberry juice. Maybe maybe something cranberry based. I said that sounds good. Nice nice and fruity, little light, sit, you know, little light, not not sugary, but lighter bodied and and whatnot. That sounds good. Um, I'm like, ooh, you know what? Uh, what makes a fantastic quick and dirty cocktail is cranberry juice, amaretto, and Seven Up. Um, you get a little bubbly, you get a little sweet, you get a little tart. Great cocktail. I don't have any 7-Up, yeah. and apparently I'm out of Amaretto. It's like, ah. So I, I got my hopes built up and then dashed within like 30 yeah. seconds. Uh, it's like, ah, well, I still want something cranberry. Maybe I'll just I'll just wing it. Let, let me see what I can do here. And so I... Um, A flaming uh, homer. Right, right. So in our, uh, in our kitchen, I have a little sideboard, and on the sideboard, I have a 12-bottle bar. So down here, I have the 45 bottles, but then upstairs, I have the 12 bottle bar, which I will make cocktails for anyone who comes over. Not that we've had any guests since we moved in December of 2019. It's the upstairs cocktail bar. I don't want to walk there. Right, it's the upstairs cocktail bar. Um, and it's the friends and family, you know, do you have whiskey? Yes, I have Seagram 7. <laughs> it's that cocktail bar. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I got this. I, I'm experienced enough. I can I can wing a cocktail together real quick. Uh, so I went cranberry juice. Okay, that's my base. I, I want a base. What mixes with cranberry juice? Well, I could do a cranberry vodka or a cranberry white rum. You know what? We'll, we'll go white rum tonight. That sounds pretty good. Uh, ooh, you know what? Let's let's kick up the the tartness a little bit. Let's add like uh, let's cut a lime uh, a lime in half and and we'll juice a lime into it too. That that sounds like a good starting base. 
Um, so I, I did that. So I had like four ounces of cranberry juice, uh, ounce and half of white rum, and then I, I squeezed half a lime, took a little sip. I'm like, you know what? This needs a little, little bit more of a kick. Uh, I've got some orange bitters. Let me add some orange bitters to that. And uh, then I went, you know what? I need something something right on the top. There, You know what? Triple sec. Triple sec, a little bit of drying. Take this right, right over the top. I invented the Cosmo last night. <laughs> uh, so your, your guilty pleasure is a cheap Cosmo. <laughs> it's a cheap Cosmo. So oh, here I worse. am thinking I'm hot shit in my kitchen going like, oh, I'm going to throw together a cocktail and no one's ever thought of this before. And I literally built a Cosmo <laughs> on the fly. <laughs> No, uh, you said cocktail. So if we're going to go, with, I, I was thinking like, what is our cheapest? Like, it's just a drink, like that one mm-hmm. thing. But if we, if we can go cocktail based, then technically this is, this is really, really bad. Um, uh, oh, no. my, my no. guiltiest pleasure. Or is, like, is it Pabst whiskey with something? Oh, pretty well. It's a little step above that, but yes. I, I, uh, I don't like how you hesitated. <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> uh, so it is essentially my my personal favorite cocktail, but like like Jeff's is, or probably one of Jeff's is an old fashioned. Yeah. I love a good old heavy rye, yes. old fashioned. I do prefer extra bitters yep. in my rye old fashioned. Yep. Um, that's I usually most of the time if I order, I say double D bitters. That's just how I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so technically, it's a little off two dashes. No, 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 five. Yes, exactly. Right. It's it's like five. They say four. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Keep, no keep going. I had someone sit there and say, no, no, no. It's smoke we add. It was like they they added liquid smoke instead of bitters. Uh-huh. And that was like, what, what? Where's the bitters? Like all we have is liquid smoke. Ew. Uh, okay. Um, if you do actual smoke, which I've done on the channel before. Like yeah, I, I've no, done was, a smoked old fashioned on the channel. That's totally a thing and it's allowed, it, but there's still bitters in that cocktail. No, no, it, it was, we don't have bitters. It was liquid smoke. And it, it was Pendleton rye whiskey. Okay. I, I have some Pendleton. Yeah. And they put liquid smoke. Yeah, I'm not saying that this is what my drink is. This is not my drink. I'm I have just some Pendleton that was a, Midnight. Uh, I, I have no problem with Pendleton. Great. Right. So, but this was not my drink. So my 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 guilty pleasure, cheapest drink is uh, Seagram Seven. Uh, usually, I I keep you know the big the, the big what was a half gallon the handle. Uh, yeah. the handle of it. Yeah. Uh, I usually have a bottle of that. Uh, when family comes over, aka Steve, um, <laughs> Jeff, you've seen it. It was in the garage. Yep. Uh, now, do you do what I do and pour Seagram Seven into like a random whiskey bottle and go, "Hey, Steve, you have to try this new one"? <laughs> I no, we do do that to my brother Mike. Yeah. Like all the cheapest stuff, I sit there and like the Skull Vodka. Yeah. I get like HDR. Yeah. And just, just pour it in. Just just pour it. Like, oh yeah, Skull Vodka. It's good stuff. Yeah. Even though that stuff's not that great, but. Um, there is, if you, if you go to Walmart to their cocktail place, they have some syrups, not the Mr. And Mrs. Um, but there are like grenadines and where you find that type of stuff. Right. Um, there is a pre-mixed 
old-fashioned. It's your orange, your simple syrup, <laughs> and your bitters all mixed together in a syrup. Is this the Mr. T's old fashioned? No, it, it's no, it's not. Mis, it's not Mr. T's. Okay. Uh, it, it's it's this other. It's a syrup, so it's not like a, a thinned out liquid like right. mis, Mr. T's margarita mix. Yeah. Um, I, or, I was trying to or look. God up forbid the, they're Bloody Mary. But yo, know, God, yeah. <laughs> but basically, it's just you know a half ounce of that and Seagram Seven. Yeah. And 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 so it's like boom, I have a cheap. Good to go. It's it's nine thirty. My son's in bed. I don't want a big carbonated beer. Yeah. I just want two ounces of something that I can just sit on with a lot of ice. Mm-hmm. Let it you know water down so it lingers a lot longer. It cost me probably a buck fifty. Yeah. If you if know. you want my my down and dirty, what do I want as? And an adult beverage at the lowest price possible. Um, I I usually go either scotch and ginger, so so ginger ale, and you could even go with like Dewar's White Label, and yeah. that gets you a pretty quick and dirty, pretty good adult beverage, um, or a vodka cran. Uh, th- yeah, th- usually I'll I'll do uh, orange juice and coconut rum. Actually, is what that's I pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. But even orange juice, you'll you'll get hit on money there. So yeah, but yeah that's true. Yeah, well, yeah. not not the frozen concentrated. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, scotch and ginger is what I will op- order at most open bars because you'll usually get a higher bottle scotch than you will of a whiskey or vodka, and they usually have ginger ale or ginger beer if you're really lucky. Um, so open bar, that's what I order. Uh, as far as like what I will make myself, it's either a scotch and ginger or a vodka cran. Well, uh, wait, here it is. There, I found it. Yep. All right. Here, if you are looking to see what I have, it is in. It's in the Discord again, chat. Again, yes, it's going to be in the Discord chat. Although I should have taken that link and shortened it down. Whatever. Um, but you know, speaking of. Weird liquors, liquors, weird and interesting liquors. Um, honestly, I think uh, going out and <laughs> trying interesting things is something I enjoy. I, Jeff, maybe not as much. But, we we uh, have different definitions for the word interesting, John. <laughs> that's true. That, that's, that is true. Therein lies the problem. But you know, I do love uh, so. I actually really like this place. I do love going out, say for lunch. I I had a, them yesterday, literally like I, I, less than an hour after this was posted and or before this was posted in, in the Discord. I yeah. had some of this. I was eating some uh, of this, and then when I got home, it's like, what the? F- <laughs> <laughs> I I do. There used to be one by my work, and I always really loved going there. Uh, if it's fresh, it's usually really good. Really good. A lot of the times, um, yeah. If you get the right place, they just stack it great. Arby's. If you ever go to Arby's, mm-hmm. I actually really enjoy their chicken. And if you get anything fresh there, it's always great. But the one thing I always know they hit, they do. I personally think they do the best curly fries. They do. They do. They absolutely they do, the, do the best curly fries. I think they do the best curly fries. And if you're looking for a cocktail to try to mimic that, don't worry. You don't even need to make a cocktail because Arby's vodka is now a thing. 
and it's French fried flavored. That's right. The potato vodka has taken a step up into fried potato vodka. So they have their regular crispy French fry and <laughs> curly fried vodka. <laughs> this is an actual thing. This is not, yeah, this is not. This is not, a thing you can buy and presumably I consume. I am going to try to buy this. <laughs> I will. It, it is not out for sale. It doesn't come out till the 18th yeah. at 9 a.m. And sales are very limited. But it is a whopping 60 bucks a bottle. But it's available in Oregon. Yep. California, Connecticut, Florida, Idaho, Louisiana, Minnesota, Nebraska, Nevada, Oregon, West Virginia, Wyoming, and Washington, D.C. Oh, I am so going to try to get this. I already got approval from my wife to get it. Yeah. She she thought when I was telling her about it, she thought it was um, like vodka-soaked french fries. Yeah. And then they served it to you. And I was like, listen, that's, no, that's dumb. Weird. Vodka-flavored french fries. <laughs> yeah. No, this vodka. is the other way. This is French fry, French fry flavored vodka. Yes. So, uh, yeah, but the um, curly fry one is going to be distilled with cayenne pepper, paprika, onion, and garlic. So you're it's and it's coming in. I think it said it was an eighty, 80 proof. proof. Yeah, eighty Both proof. Both of them are eighty proof. So it's it's not one of those you know uh, 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 smeared off vodkas or keystone like flavored vodkas that are coming at 20% basically malt liquor. Yeah. This is a true potato vodka. Yeah. I do wonder, you know, it'd been awesome if they used potato vodka and it was French fries, right? They're French fries. <laughs> uh, Skull points out, potatoes. Skull points out, this could be a pretty good bloody Mary. It could be. I hadn't it even really... thought of that, but now that you mention it, I'm kind of on board. I'm kind of on board. You you would want the the curly fried one for the spices. Yes. I think the regular one is probably just going to be a little salty. I didn't right. see anything. Um, yeah. So the crinkle about the fries are are just potatoes and salt. Uh, the yeah. curly fries do have Arby's special seasoning on them, uh, yeah. and so. Yeah, in theory, they'll have a little bit more more heat, more flavor, more spice, yeah. more kick. Right. Uh, I wonder, though, with the cayenne and the pepper burn, if, if that would give you a little burniness, which would then make it taste like the vodka could theoretically be cheaper because it's probably going to be a hint. Right. And if, if there's not enough to distinguish that it's a pepper burn... Uh, because we've had pepper liquors before, pepper beverages, yes. and like, okay, is there heat or is there a pepper burn? Right. And, uh, you know, we've, John, you had a number of different pepper-infused beers and ciders and things like that, like, and they ran the full gamut of, like, yeah, they just, like, cut some cayenne peppers and let them sit in the barrel for a while. Yeah. Or, like, this genuinely this is, tastes like a habanero or a jalapeno or something. This is hot, yeah. Right. This is salsa. Right. Um, hot sauce. I do remember that uh, habanero mead that you had. Do you remember that yeah. one? Yeah. I do remember that one. Yeah. That was, I, I kind of liked it. it was I, I bought it was a growler hot. of that. I bought yeah. a growler of that, John. Oh, no, no. It wasn't a mead. It was a barley wine. No, there was a mead, was, too. There was a mead. Wasn't. 
I okay. There was because there was a hob there was a habanero barley wine from Ordnance Brewing. Uh-huh. It was like twelve percent. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yes. Uh, that one was good. No, uh this one was, was a mead. It was a mead. mead. Yeah. But I did I did buy it a lot, so it's 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 hard to remember. Yeah. But no, I remember buying really bad ones too of like this there's no heat or this is like artificial right uh tasting or it's green of the pepper not yeah. heat. No, uh there was a stout that we got in one time uh that was literally lacking of all flavor and then just hot. Yeah. Do you remember that one? Where I think that was Caldera's uh, uh special piece yes. Caldera. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was like it was an okay stout up front, but then it was a little hollow, and then there was no back in flavor. And then after you would swallow it, it was just like, <sighs> yeah, it was. And I sat on it for. Yeah, it was just that hot back end, and yeah, yeah that was awful. <laughs> yep, that was, was awful. awful. I had to change. I had to change the line because of that beer. Yes. I wish Block Fifteen would have done the same. Yes. Speaking of changing. Um, there is a change of coming from a one of the largest craft breweries. In fact, I believe I read it, they are the twelfth largest independent or twelfth largest independent craft Her. brewery. Yes. Uh, Bells. We all know Bells. We've talked about Bells Brewing because, well, we've talked about them in a lot of the beer lists. We the top beers of the United States, and somehow um, too hearted. Too hearted. Too farted, as Brett would like to say. uh, Always seems to somehow show up at the top, and we don't know why. It's an okay beer. It's it's fine. It's not. It's it's no better than than all day IPA from Founders. It's really not. It's not. I mean, half the beers from Ninkasi are better than that. Mm -hmm. Um, But however, two hearted ale uh, ale. And their light one and their double one are some of the well best known IPAs in the United States. Yeah. Well, um, the founder Larry Bell has decided to retire. It's fine, his choice. Yeah. But by doing that, he said, "You know what? I'm going to well have to sell the company." And he sold it to a couple of subsidiary companies. There's, you know, the, if you talk to the parent company, they're from Japan. Then the subsidiary company is from Australia. But essentially, the people that will be taking over the process of brewing Bell's beer is New Belgium. Honestly, not the worst match that we've ever heard of. No, I'm actually okay with that aspect because right. I do enjoy their IPAs. The mm-hmm. Voodoo Rangers are always pretty solid. Voodoo Ranger, Fat uh, Tire. I mean, if you're if tire. you're talking about like a standard offering of craft beers that is always not necessarily the greatest, but very solid. And they have a great series of, they have a Lips of Faith, they do Sour, they mm-hmm. did um, the Climate Change one for Weird Stuff. Yeah. So they they have their fingers in everything. Yep. Um, they've been around really a long time. A lot of people usually have, like you said, uh, Fat Tire, it's one of their first craft beers. Yeah. I put that in quotes. Um, so the other great thing is though that like you and I, we have to get Bell's Beard imported to us. We can't go get Two Hearted Ale. Um, even though we don't think it's that great, we don't get, we have to have it shipped to us. 
Yeah. This now means that the distribution will probably be expanding in 2022. Probably be nationwide distribution. Yeah. And so if you are looking for that beer or anything from Bell's, which they do have a large category, we have not heard anything of they're changing this, they're going to shorten this down. As far as we know, everything's staying the same. Yep. All the specialty stuff, just higher distribution. And all honestly, it sounds like higher. They're ramping up production. Right. Um, You know, there's, we've gone through this before. I mean, in Oregon, we are no stranger to larger breweries and larger organizations taking over our beloved local craft brewers. Um, As much as the, the diehard hipster, you know, handlebar mustache beer connoisseurs would like to say, oh, they sold out. I can't believe they're going national and blah, 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 blah. And they're just going to go down in quality. Look at 10 Barrel, for God's sakes. Yeah, 10 Barrel. 10 Barrel is now an InBev company. Uh, They're owned by Budweiser. Uh, They still produce fantastic beers because on top of, number one, wider distribution, better resources, and, and whatnot, their standard beers got, they might've gotten watered down ever so slightly. Uh, Just, for the sake of standardization. Yeah. But their experimental beers are just as experimental as they was as they were before, but now you can buy them anywhere. And and I don't yeah. see the problem with that. No, I mean, yeah, you can I'll still go buy wax dip stuff from uh Tim Barrel because right. yeah, it's I still I still will usually have a six six or twelve back of pub beer. In, in my I have crunch. no problem. Yeah, pub, pub beers are perfectly fine. Right. Uh, light beer or lager beer. Right. You know, um, if you're looking for a craft lager, it's a great pub. It's a builder. It's a pub beer. It's a great barbecue summer beer. It really is. Uh, uh, it. I've either got some of that or I've got some uh, some rogue Kolsch. Like I always have a six pack of one or the other. Yeah, and like you said, their IPAs are still great IPAs. Nothing's wrong with them. If you go to their brewery, there you, you still see the craft. It's a bit more expensive, but you can find all the experimental stuff. It's still great, and they still do experimental things. So essentially, usually, most of the time, when a brewery gets bought out like that and they get distributed national, it's the core beers that just get kind of hurt, uh, right. but they're spread out. At heart, there's still craft beer. You know, they still do experimental stuff. Right. They still push the limits. It's right. Half the brewery. Goose Island is on. in bed for crying out loud. And yeah. how often do we pine after Bourbon County Stouts? Like which is coming out in two weeks? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Just because they got bought out by InBev doesn't mean they're gonna suck. Yeah. Still some of the most sought after beers and I mean, heck, they even came out with some really cool ones. They came out with a cola one, but then they had some single batch bourbon rise that are coming out this year. It's like, uh, I could drool over that. And that's if you want to get to the heart of it, Budweiser. I'm essentially, uh, I'm still looking for a 2019 Elijah Craig. So, uh, well, we got to try one, remember? Did we? Did we get to try the Elijah? We got to try the Elijah Craig. I thought that was the Buffalo Uh, Trace. no, it was Elijah Craig on the anniversary show. I think it was 100 episodes. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, we all I'll have like to go back and look. Four, it was a white white box. Uh, I think yeah. Novella or Rev 
Mm, I think I might have traded for that. I think that Rev might have sent that one up. Yeah, I think it's probably Rev. Yeah. Rev has a connection. Yep. <laughs> I already know. He pretty much already has all the lineup of Goose Island this year. And they will not return any of my messages. I've tried to, man. <laughs> uh, what stinks is I know and if people I can't that... Well, that's it. I know people that their channel isn't much bigger than mine, uh -huh. and they're in Florida, yeah. and they're like, "Oh yeah, we get this every year." Yeah, and they get the complete lineup. Mm -hmm. They'll give them everyone. That's mm -hmm. like I, uh, I hate you. Yep. So that's why I don't end up doing beer reviews on them because they're like I have to save these. These are like precious. Right. <laughs> I don't want to hear an organ. Yeah, the the thing with doing beer reviews, as both of us do, um, you don't get a lot of time to enjoy the beer. Uh, no, you don't. It's, it's a weird thing because you have to be analytical while you're drinking it, and you have to compare it, and you have to bring out all the different notes and and sound like you're you're a wine expert and things like that. And how do I, how do I, what's a different word for citrusy? Right. And, <laughs> and, and while I think myself and, and you as well are darn good at explaining what we're tasting and what notes yeah. are there and what comparisons there might be and whatnot, it still does take some of the enjoyment out in the moment because with you, you're doing just a dedicated beer review. With me, I'm drinking it while reading a script for something 100% unrelated. Yeah. I, I don't script my beer reviews at all. My beer reviews are usually in the first one third of my video, I will try to finish a beer review. And what it is, is in between takes, I will take a sip and I'll give another sentence. And then the next take, I'll, I'll take a sip and I'll give another sentence. And then eventually I'll went, that's good. Cut it there. And, yeah. and that's my beer review. And uh, it really does take some of the enjoyment out. Also, because a lot of you expect in between my takes, the glass to go down every so often while <laughs> I'm talking. <laughs> I'm actually cognizant of that. And, and I will, I'll have the teleprompter in front of me, which has like two sentences. And when I get the two sentences the way that I like them or I rephrase them or whatever else outside of scripting to live speaking, I'll go, okay, I like that take. Okay, on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it really does stink because if I do find something I really enjoy, it's like, man, I just want to sit here and drink this. I just want to sit I, by I, the fireplace exactly, and enjoy but No, I, I can't do that because, look, I got I, I have to do this video and I have 20, or, you know, if I go any longer than I usually do, it's a long video, it's a boring video. And it's like, okay, what what do I keep? And then I'm thinking, what do I have to say about the spear? What is I'm digging through it and I'm blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then by the time I'm okay, that's good. That's a good video. Yeah. Okay, here we go. I also just doing B-roll shots and everything like that. Okay, drink. Uh, I gotta focus on this. Move the camera here. I can't just sit and enjoy the beer. And by the time I do, right. my beer is three-fourths gone. I'm just like, oh, this would have been such a great beer to just sip on for like an hour. Right. Right. You no, know. it um kind of like I mean, you're experiencing this in 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 some state, I know. But I got into making YouTube videos because I'm a gamer and a home lab enthusiast and I find myself not able to play games anymore. 
because I don't have yeah. time. I don't have the energy to put into them because my day job, I mean, my day job before was working with computers 24 seven, but it was also partially management. It was also partially financial. It was also, there was a lot of different aspects that went into my job. And so I could very easily come home and play a game for an hour and a half and get lost in it and, you know, jump into Borderlands 2 and, and go loot digging and all that kind of thing. Anymore, if I have to play the same freaking sequence from Doom Eternal or GTA 5 to benchmark another goddamn video card, I'm literally <laughs> going to kill myself. <laughs> like, I don't want to oh, see yeah. those games ever again. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I mean that very facetiously, by the way. Yeah, but well, but, uh, but you get what I'm saying. It's I, I get what you're saying. Well, I have played I, those go, levels so yeah. many times. But that's the thing. I don't understand. So even from like mine, I I was actually even pitched to a company of like, hey, this is what I do. Can I have some of your beers? Mm -hmm. You know, it was. I don't. I pitched them like, and I I kind of went off script script of my standard uh -huh. pitches. I don't do those like all the other tech you or beer tubers. I put that in quotes. What they do and where what I mean by that, and I said that said this is I don't do five videos a day to where I just sit and drink a beer every beer possible and then give you a really quick note on it. Yeah. I take my time with it. I go and in depth. I try to give you the best visuals. I try to give you the best lighting and mm -hmm. do everything like that. But then also this, I think about that. But then when I go on my days off to go to my beer fridge to grab something, I'm like, I don't want to grab that beca that beer because I have an idea for a video for that. Right. Uh, what else do I have? I find myself doing that I too have... because what? I try to incorporate the theme of the video that I'm doing with yeah. the beer that I'm opening. Yeah. And so I will have specific projects that I will buy specific beers for. And it's like, no, I can't go open that beer because I'm two weeks away from being able to film that project. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, yeah, I, it stinks. Well, the, and similar to how you're saying with your second channel, yeah. it's, oh, what I found, again, we're not saying, we're not comparing apples to apples and subscribers, but what hits. Oh, yeah. Is on my, my it's like, oh, these hits. Okay, for me, because my quality is better than the standard mm -hmm. YouTube uh, beer reviewer, is those bigger box items you know the the big hey this is national brand right i'll take the time to do cool b-roll shots or something interesting and and nice you know stuff nice lighting and those hit well well i don't really want to drink those right and the only way to buy them too is 12 six you know like 12 packs right it's like dear, dear god after i buy all this seltzer i don't want the rest <laughs> of them don't lie, John. I know you bought that Bud Light pumpkin pack. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I didn't say I liked it, but I did buy it. Um, I will say, if you're watching this, either live or on the replay, go subscribe to Hops and Brews. If you like watch the, the latest, if you the like the beer content on this channel, if you like the personalities involved, you will love his channel. You will love the production value. Um... I don't know of another beer reviewer, and I'm I'm literally speaking without John's permission here, but I don't know of another beer <laughs> reviewer who has better looking B-roll or more personality or anything else. I, I'm truly in awe that you don't have more subscribers than you do. Yeah, well, you know, thank you, you, you but... You've put the work <laughs> in. You deserve more than yeah. you have. 
But I do, well, I do it for the enjoyment too, because yes. uh, that's what I just love to do. But if you do go, check out the latest episode. It was one of the most fun to film. I think one of the funniest ones I've ever done. Jeff, everyone, was, if you do love this, that channel, was so good. It was so much fun. Every host, uh, it was kind of a nice thing. It was a big ordeal. We took a long time to set it up. Luckily, we 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 literally had to like come it late at night. Hey, does everyone have like twenty minutes? I right. just need twenty minutes. Yeah. And so it, it took a while of planning. Um, luckily, we we were all still safe and everything like that we my whole house was empty at the time yeah. you didn't know it but literally i already moved out of my house and the only thing that's left i told her i have to leave my studio up yeah because i have an idea yeah and i want to do it and and so luckily the whole house was empty we had all this space to to to, yeah. to roam around and um yeah but so it, it's a great so, so three out of the four of us are vaxxed and the one who is not got a negative covid test the day before and so we made sure we were 100% safe in doing it. We still maintained social distance the entire time that we were filming. The only time that we stood next to each other was for the outro, and that was literally about 60 seconds. Yeah. Uh, beyond was, we that, just, we, we stood 10 feet apart, so one in each corner, and then whoever was on camera was in the opposite corner. And yeah. uh, But that video was so much freaking fun to <laughs> film, to and then to to be able to relive and watch it. Like yeah. I've watched it like three times because I laugh my ass off every single time. It's a it's a funny video. It's a funny if you want to see if you don't know what we're talking we're talking about we get to try and this is a world breaking beverage. It is the world's strongest beer. Yes. Um. And so at seventy five percent, if you want to know what that tastes like, all four of us, Steve, Rhett, myself, and Jeff, try it and um. It is a good time. Go check that out. Yeah. Raw reactions. If you like uh, Irish people drinking like America's Strongest Cocktails or Stuff 151 like yeah. Proof Rum, like keep in mind, this is 150 proof. Like, <laughs> like if we put it into those numbers. Yeah, exactly. It's up well, there. The, uh, the, the thing was, is like I said, you saw my secret seven. That was the last bottle of liquor I had in my house too. That was so and afterwards we kind of all like, okay, here, here, try this. It tasted like sweet water. It, to me, it was lemon water. Yeah. It was, I, I, yeah, I, I have never like, I still enjoy Seagram seven, either neat or over iced. If I'm taking like a little one ounce, like, you know, I, I feel like a little something, uh, I'll pour myself a little Seagram Seven every once in a while, and and I'll sip it. And I'm like, mm, that's good. A little mapley, little little caramel, little you know. It's it's got some interesting spice notes to it and whatnot. It's like okay, it's decent enough. Um, I've never accused Seagram Seven of being smooth. No. I. Uh, a... It was. <sighs> I am shocked at how smooth and how non-offensive Seagram 7 is after you've had an ounce and a half of a 150 proof bottle of whatever the hell you just put in your mouth. <laughs> you had a boot of it. I did. I had a boot. Yes. And you spilled some too. Everyone Not talks my fault. about my, my... Yes, it was. Because literally you were the only one there. John, did you... You, zo you even zoomed in. I had the neck on the line and I was pouring in and for some reason, it still managed to like defy gravity and lift over the top. Uh -huh, uh -huh, you saw uh -huh. it. The user error. Right. right. Uh huh. 
Quickly speaking, I uh, don't know if anyone cares, but there was a world, another world record-breaking item, and that was the world's largest game controller. I thought I you were going to say cares. joystick, and I was going to say, well, I don't want to brag or anything. But. <laughs> yes, that's why I didn't say it. But if you do care, <laughs> there is a nine-foot, that's right, nine-foot Atari game controller that you can use. Basically. Well, it's, it's shaped to look like an Atari game yes. controller. Nine foot tall, actually an analog game controller uh, that you can use. It's 14 times the original size of the classic CX-40 controller. Um, and it broke the world record. It is currently on display at the Art and Media Museum Center in uh, Karlsruhe, uh, Virginia. Or yeah, Virginia, I think Germany. Jeez, where the hell did Virginia he, come from? I don't know. If you scroll, I don't know, scroll all the way to the bottom. You'll see a picture. Uh, scroll all the way to the bottom. You'll see a picture. You'll uh, the more. There you go. Uh, one more. Yeah, there we go. One more. There we go. There's the comparison. Yeah. So, yep. Kind of cool thing. Uh, I I I do always enjoy that big. Um, like I said, I, I tried building one of those Raspberry Pi coffee table Nintendo NES controllers. I thought about doing I that. I like as well. that. Yeah. I like that type of stuff. It's a really great fun thing. Yes, obviously it's not serious, but I think that is a really cool style party game. If you ever sit in there thinking Mario Party, and yeah, you want that two player, but you're one person. So one person has to give you the directions, and one person has to do the jump and the firing and whatnot. It's fun. I think that's a, that's a great way. Yep. So. But yeah, end of end of the news, end of the stuff. That's um, it. Uh, tell you what, we'll take like two or three questions. We got about five minutes left. Uh, yeah. I know it's a little bit of a shorter show since we didn't start until 18 after through no fault of my own, I will say. I'll take I'll take 10 minutes. Okay. I'll take 10 you, minutes. You take those. 10, I'll take eight. That, that seems like a pretty good division of labor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, through no fault of, of either of ours, uh, we started a little bit late, but we still have to cut out at a certain time. So uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, things you want to know about, AMA, yeah. the floor is yours. Uh, Let's see, was there anything prior? So, uh, I think we got all the super chats. I didn't see any questions like in the last five minutes or so. Yeah, I didn't see any. So, either, what project but... is the pickle beer for? <laughs> um, uh, actually, that email that I did send was for a pickle beer, <laughs> and, and and they respond. It was actually it was for Urban Artifacts, and they cl they come out with what's called their Christmas pickle beer, and I thought it was a Christmas ale with pickles. And they referred back to me and said, sorry to disappoint you. It's just our regular pickle beer in Christmas themed. Yeah. And I was like, well, I already did a review on that. But they're still going to be sending me uh, some something else that's interesting. Okay. So nice. that'll be fun. But, yep, hard hard to find some pickle. I did, you know, I do know of it. I haven't been able to find There's a pickled hard seltzer. Um, Jeff, I heard you had some interesting things with pickles beers last episode and that you almost drank it. I I took it out of the fridge. I think almost <laughs> drank it is pushing that that issue a bit further than it actually was. I, I heard you you got a heft I, I had to 
check my son in at the time, but I heard you had a hefty price tag. Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Uh, uh, wow, you are... Don't do not like pickle. You, you know what, John? When you're in the one percent, you can set your own price, and uh, <laughs> I don't mind setting my myself my humility or or self preservation much higher than yours. So uh, I will say, my dog beer and pickle beer sit right next to each other in the fridge. So the dog beer is for your dogs. Yeah. Uh, so why do I have your review on it? <laughs> well, it's so people know if it's good or not. Okay. But it's for it's so that that way you can have a beer with your dogs. You know what? Maybe tomorrow I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna <laughs> share a beer with the dog. So there you go. It's it's not meant for you. It's meant for the dog. Yeah. That way you can sit there and then not exclude. Well, because they don't make uh cat cat uh beer. Right. They do make cat wine. Right. So uh, I couldn't include anything for Rambo, but I was like, well, you got your dogs. I'll give your dog something. <laughs> Plus, I wasn't going to drink it. <laughs> yeah. I already had one, and that was enough. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Pickle beer. Interesting. No, not interesting. Abhorrent is, is the correct word for that. Uh, yeah, we went into, like, my personal tastes last year and there's a couple of things that i just can't stand and it's pickles and mushrooms anything oh, pickled and anything mushroomed nope i don't like the only thing i will take mushrooms in is cream of mushroom soup and it's got to be finely diced mushroom i i don't mind I, the the actual taste of mushroom and so like I, a, mush, a mushroom actual... sauce on like a steak or a brisket or something I have no problem. Totally with it. fine. It, I don't like eating mushrooms. It's the texture of mushrooms. Yep, um, I'm there. And even then, there's one form of mushroom that I like, and it's portobellas, and it is so finely diced, and I mean finely diced, like like finer than relish. Uh, when I go to PF Chang's and get the lettuce wraps, there are oh, diced yeah. portobellas in that, but they are like minuscule little pieces and it's not a bad flavor and it's not a bad texture because there's so much other texture there that it obscures everything about it and like i said yeah. the flavor is not bad um but something about even like you know half inch size chunks nope nope oh yeah no i i i totally agree like if i have a steak and I go to a restaurant and they put like you know mushroom sauce on it yeah i scrape the the, the there's usually like big mushrooms on top or or you know dice i scrape that right off i nope, can't have that yeah uh yeah with mushrooms i can scrape off i'm okay with that with pickles if a pickle has touched it you can touched it i'm out no nope. i'm out yep and everyone's all like just peel off no nope. nope it's not the same nope. it's got juice it's been sullied it can yep. no longer return to its former glory i'm I, out i will i will not even eat like like my like because every time I go to, if I go have to go to like uh, McDonald's or something, I was no pickles. Yeah. And half the time, obviously they always get it wrong. Right. I, take it, I, I always look. Yeah. I, I always like look like, too nope. because I cannot do it. I don't trust it. Yeah. Um, no, and I'm like, nope, that's ruined for me. I half the time I, I ordered I have to buy chicken stuff. I ordered a Whopper Junior one time from from uh, Burger King. I ordered a Whopper Junior. Uh, no pickles. Uh, I got the burger. 
sorry, let, let me let me scroll back here. I got something in the bag. I opened <laughs> I opened the wrapper around the bun. Not only were there pickles on it, there was no burger patty on it. Was it all pickle? No, literally, they forgot to put the burger on it, and they still got the pickles wrong. So they oh put they put pickles and mayo and lettuce and tomato on a bun and gave it to me. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, the one. It's about the I only think, time think, that I've ever cursed at a retail burger. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I there are two other things I cannot I cannot do. That is a raw tomato. I can't do a raw tomato. I'll do it on a burger, especially like a teriyaki burger. Like if you've got a slice I, of pineapple yeah. with it, oh, I'm in heaven. Pineapple's fine, but I, I can't do uh, 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 grilled tomatoes, uh, uh, you know, tomato sauce, anything like that. I have no problem with raw uncooked tomatoes. Nope. Mm -hmm. And then that goes with also raw onions, sauteed onions, uh, cooked onions, fried onions, no problem. Mm -hmm. Cannot do raw onions. Can't do that. I just don't like I it. I love raw onions. It, um, it ruins the... White onions, red onions, it, like, bring them on. Bring them on. Nope. But see, for me, then I'll do, like, garlic over garlic everything. Oh, garlic's amazing, too. Yeah. Garlic's amazing. All right. I think that was only one question, but I think that filled up the entire time. <laughs> All right. This has been episode 209 here on Talking Heads. Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Make sure to follow me on Twitter if you like my daily shenanigans. Follow John on Twitter at Hops and Brews. And make sure to subscribe to Hops and Brews over on YouTube if you like the beer content on this channel and want to see more of myself and John doing what we do in our natural state, which is drinking beer. <laughs> John, anything to plug before we uh, send this thing off? No, that's it. Also, check out some of the other hosts and make sure to join the super secret Discord and, because we're going to be joining or starting soon the super secret after show. That's right. After show starts in about 15 minutes over on the Discord. Make sure to join the Patreon or Float Plane. Links are both down in the video description. Uh, you can chat with us live uh, at 1030, uh, 10.30 p.m. Pacific time every Wednesday after the show on video voice chat and so uh we'll be on there answering questions you know chatting, chatting doing whatever uh tonight i think i'm gonna be sitting by the fire i've got a fire going upstairs i think i'm gonna grab the laptop and maybe crack a little whiskey and see how see where the night takes us i might i might move maybe i should move mine inside too because it's yeah. cold in here right yeah, John's in a little bit newer environment, even less insulation than normal. Yes. I, I literally just have plywood yeah. between me and the rain outside. Yeah. Smells good. If you like, I like the, the, the wood smell. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I spent, uh, so if you don't follow me on Twitter, I spent uh, most of Monday uh, refurbishing a little hidey hole. Uh, I call it the Harry Potter suite. Uh, because it's literally a cubby under the stairs uh, in my oldest daughter's room. Uh, I put a brand new floor into it, leveled the floor, uh, new baseboard, and then put in carpet and trim and RGB lighting and everything, made it a nice, real comfortable reading nook for her. Um, but in the course of that, I spent like four hours laying on my side on plywood because the roof is only like 40 inches above the floor. Um it's a hole. It's not a room. It's a it's a hole. 
And so I laid on plywood and concrete and both of my, both sides of my ribs feel like I've been in a fight with Evander Holyfield and he just went <laughs> nuts. Like, like with mid body blows, like it hurts to touch them right now. He was just sitting there playing the xylophone on your ribs. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. It's a little Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, it hurts to breathe. It really does. That's so. what the liquor's for. Yes. Anyway, thank you all so much for watching this episode. Make sure to hit like and subscribe. And as always, we will see you next Wednesday at the same time. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. And we're out. Oh, I need to install a bathroom in here.